welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets Welcome everybody to the Retro Blood as we continue our month of cornfields and scarecrows celebrating November the only way Retro Blood knows how with a bunch of outdoor horror movies. Up Mm. next, if you like evil mailmen, if you like fat pig farmers, if you like car mechanics, who I didn't really know his name throughout the whole movie. I, thought, I just called him Red Hat until I found out his name was Sam. <laughs> and if you like a guy named Bubba, this is the review for you. Because the Retro Blood is talking all about Dark Knight of the Scarecrows. A TV horror movie. James Klein, Jay Allison. What's happening, Allison? How you doing? How hey, you what's up, man? I'm good, man. How you doing? Like, uh, This is... Uh... This is uh, this is cool, man. This is a good a good thing for us to do. Like a lot of people don't talk about this movie, I think. But um, uh, I remember when this movie aired originally, um, and it, apparently it only, I was trying to do some research on this. Apparently, it only aired one time on television. Wow. Um, and I remember when this aired, so I must have watched it when it was new. I didn't think I'd seen it, and then I watched it, and I remember specific things about it. And um, I think it's really bizarre that my my parents would let me watch this movie at the age <laughs> I was when this came out. Well, there wasn't um, uh, but, too much crazy stuff in it, but I could see like you know if you're a young kid watching this, it's probably a little freaky. Yeah, like even the scarecrow mask was kind of scary. Yeah, that part, was but it cool. looked cool though. Yeah, yeah, that, that looked really cool. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of something we'll talk a little bit about. You know, made for yeah. TV horror movies. Now we had a lot of like you know made for TV like dramas. You know, mm-hmm. made for TV like freaking action movies, but the made yeah. for TV horror movies are always pretty interesting to me. You know, because yeah. obviously you can see that the genre is like getting some steam. You know what I mean? And a lot of networks want to kind of like you know get on board with the the bandwagon and make their own and kind of like produce their own. So apparently CBS was the one who picked up Dark Knight of the of the Scarecrow, um, and they're the yes. ones that um, aired it on the release date October 24th, 1981. And it had a lot of competition, you know, not necessarily on TV, which it probably did have, which we'll talk about in our history segment of of what it was going up against on TV. Um, But, you know, there was a lot of like stuff, you know, we've done a lot of movies and just our own, our own podcast that, that are around this month, October of Mm -hmm. 1981. Um, I mean, we did um, Allison's birthday. 
All right, Alice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Australian movie, brother. That yeah, wasn't a, it fantastic? That was a wild one. That movie, that movie can definitely not play on TV. Okay, <laughs> with the fucking language no, that shit no. had. Uh, it was competing against the uh, the original Evil Dead, which is crazy to me because that oh, Evil, wow, yeah. yeah, it came out October fifteenth, nineteen eighty one, the original Evil Dead, and we talked about um, uh, Halloween two was coming out a little bit after this movie, October thirty first, nineteen eighty one. So this movie had I mean this movie had some hard competitions. So yes, it did. <laughs> if you look at like theater theater wise. Now I'm not I don't think uh Evil Dead my that's probably some uh, when I first came out it was probably like in a small movie theater. Uh but you know it was going up against Halloween 2. Um going up, you know. So it had some it had some steep competition but you know Made for TV horror, they don't have to worry about that. They can still show the movie that they made, and they can put their ads during the movie. Exactly. Hold on a second. Oh, yeah, brother. Oh, yeah. I brought it back. The beer drinking. Maybe we should just beer drink every day, uh, every, every one of these podcasts in November. Might as well. I think we should. I think it should be like a segment. Like a yeah, a segment of the well, you uh, know, so you know, we, you know, not to sidetrack like we always do, but we're gonna sidetrack because <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> so this, you gotta understand, everybody. This season, this this time of year is me and Allison's favorite time for beer drinking because that's when all the dark beers oh, come yeah. out. So yeah, exactly. So if you're gonna hear a lot of that sound here on the Retro Blood, happening around November and especially December. Because December is well, not only is December going to be a great month because I'm working on all the uh, the the, <laughs> the titles that we're going to be doing, and oh, boy, yeah. that that's going to be great. You know, December is one of my favorite months to do like Christmas horror movies. Um, but right now, I'm drinking. Uh, it's called Winter Nutterland from Lazy Hiker. Oh, nice. Is yeah. that a uh, what kind of beer is that? Um. Well, it definitely has some peanut butter in it, so sure, it's probably sure. one of those. I'm not exactly, exactly sure which time they don't really say it. It's it. Oh shit! It's a hazelnut. Yeah, so hazelnut and vanilla bean beer. So oh, you know, a little bit nice. on the yeah, a little bit on the darker side. So as I spit them on myself. All right. So, but yeah, like. Um, Made for TV uh, horror movies and stuff, you know, definitely uh, a very niche contract. They don't really do that much anymore. Nope. So people couldn't handle it today. Oh yeah, that, people definitely. freak out over American Horror Story now, and it's on cable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, there might be like, uh, you know, maybe like little here and there uh, movies they might play on TV and stuff, but it's mostly just like. I guess the I guess the only thing I could think that could be like made for like TV horror now would be like you know if like Hulu or or, or like Netflix or something produce their own movie and they put it on their their streaming service. I mean, that'd be kind yeah. of like it. Yeah, but that doesn't have to be. So back then, though, you had I mean, this was on like broadcast TV. If you had a TV antenna, you could watch Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. You know, I mean, it just came for free over the airs. That's that's why, like, like cable horror movies and TV shows, it's not the same thing. Because, you know, 
cable is different. Like you pay for cable, you subscribe to it. Like this just came over the air and scared the shit out of people. Um, but but back then there was a lot of it, like the late seventies, early eighties, there was a whole lot. Well, I guess not a whole lot, but there was quite a bit of, uh, of, uh, uh, television horror i'm i mean i i've actually kind of like really got into television horror lately in the last few years like i've tried to look some of them up like this is one of them uh west craven did one i b- believe it was west craven did a movie called invitation to evil um that was really good uh tv horror uh in the 70s dan curtis did one called wolf lake that was really good um but yeah, so TV horror that's kind of that's kind of a cool like little genre that just I don't know, it's kinda of, kind of a niche little thing that doesn't exist anymore for the most part, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely uh definitely neat. You know, it's kinda of cool, you know, seeing something that um you know, it's specialized for that particular night. Like you you can only, you know, watch it on this night only and you better set exactly. that VCR because if you don't set that VCR you're gonna have to wait until maybe a couple years for that thing yep. to come out. So exactly. So uh, let's get into the history segment of what was happening in pro wrestling and metal music. We do that every episode mm-hmm. here on the Retro Blood. Yep. We talk about what's happening in those two areas. So, like I said before, the release date was October twenty fourth, nineteen eighty one. And you know, like I was also saying before, we've done a lot of reviews around this particular month, uh, but we did find two new things to talk about. Um. So I found some wrestling, and I know you probably found some wrestling too. Um, so I'll go yeah, with mine's uh, not real long. Okay, yeah, mine, mine's I, I got a full card. So, so basically, you know, WW, uh, WWF, all right? Mm-hmm. They did uh, championship wrestling. It was called WWF Championship Wrestling around this time that would air, all right? And m- most of the time, um, it was just you had a couple big stars, and they would just beat up a bunch of jobbers. All right. I mean, that was pretty much wrestling TV for. I mean, that was pretty much like that until Nitro and and Raw came came to be. Pretty much. I mean, maybe every once in a while, like on WWF Superstars or WWF Saturday Night, we might have like two big stars going at it, but it's very rare. You know, it's only like you know if you want to pop a number or something. But you know, during this particular time in the '80s, if it's TV. Uh, you're more likely going to see like the big stars just beating up the jobbers, and then every once in a while they'll give you some wacky match. So, but this one is uh, is from uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, and the show the show the show itself took place on October 13th, 1981, but it aired on October 24th, 1981. So, going up against a uh, uh, Dark Night of the Scarecrows. We got some wrestling, brother. So we had we had we had a we had a pick. All right, which one are we gonna watch? Okay, I can only watch one, brother. What's gonna happen? So uh, so I'm gonna go over the card. All right, and Allison, tell me if you would have watched this card or if you would have watched this movie. Okay, so so we're starting out. You know what I mean? You know, in the movie we start out with Bubba talking to that Wallace girl, little girl. Yeah, yeah. So. But well, we started off wrestling. We started off with Pedro Morales. Ooh, that's a tough one, brother. Am I gonna mm, am I gonna no. watch Am I gonna watch Morales? Am I gonna watch Bubba? It's a tough one. So he defeated Moose Morn, Domber. <laughs> All right, 
And then we had uh, the next match uh, was uh, Angelo Mosca defeated Barry yeah. Hart. Your boy, Adrian Adonis. Yep. Defeated Bill Berger. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Brother, this is a hot show, okay? I mean, come on now. <laughs> Dark Knight of Scarecrow's. Your ratings must have sucked that day. All right, brother. Yeah, that's right. We destroyed you in the ratings, brother. Eight, the, the coveted 18 to 34 was going to us, brother. <laughs> we, oh, we had the other boy, Tony Atlas. He defeated Hans Schruber. Uh, Greg Valentine yeah. defeated Mike. The Magnificent Morocco. The champion at the time, he was the Intercontinental Champion, defeated Steve King. Steve King. Ooh. Boy. Who do you ever beat? <laughs> Apparently nobody. Who, who do you think is a bigger TV draw? Steve King or Otis? Otis. Yeah, I would say Otis too, the mailman. He's definitely a yeah. bigger draw. Yeah. Um, and the main event of this WWF Championship Wrestling televised event to counteract its its arch nemesis at the time Dark Knight of the Scarecrows who do we put on top well we put Justin Ventura on top that's right because he defeated Johnny Ringo I mean well I mean move over Dark Knight I mean you, you had no chance well that was rough I mean that's a, that's a rough show <laughs> that's right. I mean you know I mean it's it's typical of wrestling of its time you know you you put your stars over by beating up jobbers, but like Johnny Ringo was in the main event. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I mean, who, who, who did, uh, who did, uh, uh, Bubba, who did he ever beat? A lot of people, more people than Johnny Ringo. That is true. He actually did. <laughs> he actually did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. He did. Turns when out he, to be true. When he did his, maybe, <laughs> so, you know, Bubba, he kind of reminds me of the fiend. You know what I mean? If you look yeah, at it, yeah. because he was all nice and goofy and shit when he was like his regular character, kind of like how Bray Wyatt yeah. was, and then he put yeah. on the mask and he started killing oh, everybody yeah. like the fiend. So basically, you know, yeah. So that's and then his finisher was the wood chipper. Yeah, exactly, or the pitchfork. <laughs> or the pitchfork. Uh-huh. Uh, so what? What's what? What do you got in your wrestling? So I, I just brought this up because um, I didn't find much else, and this sounded interesting. So this happened a few days before the show uh, aired on the television. So um, on October 19th, 1981, WWF was at MSG. uh, 18,000 people, which was close to a sellout probably. So I'm going to see what you thought about this. So this show was pretty typical at the time. But one of the the matches in it was the WWF champion Bob Backlund, chicken wing. it went to a no contest with Greg Valentine. Now, the thing about this match that was unusual is that a controversial finish. So apparently something happened with the referee, John Stanley, and he was he was it says he in my report it says he was dazed, but it doesn't say what happened to him. So he instead of giving the title back to Backlund, he walked over to Valentine and raised his hand and gave him the title by mistake. So it caused an uproar because it was supposed to be a no contest, obviously. Um, and it, it was a big deal because this, in the state athletic commission of New York, which 
WWE would have some problems with down the road, which is why they ended up being sports entertainment instead of professional wrestling. Um, they uh, they got involved and investigated uh, and held up the title um, mm. because you know it was considered a sporting event back then and not entertainment. Um, although uh, Backlund continued to defend the title on other shows. So I was going to see what you thought about this, like this situation where the referee gets fucked up and then he has, they give the title to the wrong person. Like I can't really think of another time that this has happened, but it probably has happened before. But like, what are your thoughts on this situation? Hmm, that's for interesting one. So you're telling me it was like a shoot? It happened for real? Like the guy accidentally messed up? That's what that's from what I understand from yeah. the. Uh, from the sh- from the uh, from the report was that he was dazed and he just grabbed the wrong guy's hand and gotcha. handed him the title. I got you. Um. Well, see. Well, so you know, back then, as of now, you know, you know, eighties, you could probably get away with a mistake like that a little easier than you can nowadays. You know what I mean? Yeah. So obviously, it's probably one of those things where they could probably just say like, oh, you know, the rest the referee was dazed and you know. He handed the, it was just a, we were going to call it a no contest. Like, you know, I could see, uh, you know, like having like a Jack Tunney, <laughs> you know what I mean? Come right. on there and be yeah, like, yeah. hey, you know, just saying like, hey, the referee was dazed. He, he, he made a mistake and we're just going to reverse this decision. We're going to give the belt back to Bob Backlund, you know? Um, that's pretty much, you know, I could see how they can handle it, you know, maybe going on maybe more to like the nineties and stuff. Um, but now that you mentioned, I don't, I know there's been like, you know, botches in wrestling, you know, with like fast counts or something, or, you know, like that 90, 90, 1997 Starcade where Nick Patrick fast counted, supposedly, <laughs> which he did, he didn't all, it was a slow count, but Bret Hart had to act like right. it was a fast count, you know, <laughs> like stuff like that has happened in a big time, uh, match. Um, but, um. I I think it, not in a world title, but I'm, I think it's happened before for like the women's title. That has happened. They mostly just either like ignore it, or they just come you know make some excuse about it. But it, it is very interesting that that did happen though. So yeah, yeah, I just think it's I think it was kind of cool. Like it's just like a cool like a little historical thing to talk about that. Like they were like, I mean, do you think the referee got in trouble for that with Vince when he came back to the back or? Uh, it like, depends. Oh, he like if he. If he just wasn't paying attention, yes. But if he really was dazed, I think he would have gave him a pass. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like, that was, really was my hurt. understanding was that he got he took a bump and then he was just confused for a minute, and then he just gave the title to the wrong guy. Now, did he just hand him the title or what? No. Well, from my, from what this says was he walked over to Valentine and yeah. raised he raised Valentine's hand oh, and gave you. him the title. Okay. So he declared a winner when it was supposed to be a no contest, essentially. Ah, yes, okay, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. He probably just, yeah. I, I think he'd be a. I don't think he got too much. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there, but my recollection, if the guy really was hurt and dazed, I think he would have gave him a pass on it, and they probably just would have got like their, you know, just informed the authority, you know, whoever on the TV or something like that, just be like, hey, the guy was dazed and stuff, and the title doesn't count. Or, you know, back then, probably in the 80s, they probably just didn't bring it up. They just probably just gave back them the belt and he just showed up at the shows and, like, nothing ever happened. Yeah, that's what they were doing um, apparently around this time, but then, like, the Athletic Commission got involved to see if it was, like, if they were, like, cheating or whatever, which 
I don't know. I got, I think I think that shit's funny. It's funny when you look on it now. Yeah. Like you know, it's like oh, <laughs> like you know, like they're looking into it. Like, could wrestling be fixed? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, it's funny when you think about it now. But like you know, even in the '90s, that was a problem because Vince was like. Well, especially well, like in the early '90s when Vince had to go to that steroid trial. Yeah. Um, you know, like that was the whole thing was like, you know, that New York City Athletic Commission um, does not allow steroids in any sports. So that's why they had. That's why WWE superstars, quote unquote, are called superstars and not wrestlers, and that's why it's sports entertainment. Yes. Yeah, he pretty much came out like was just saying like it was all scripted and everything, and that was right. kind of like how they got otherwise, otherwise, yeah, otherwise they were going to get shut down. Yeah, and by New York City, by New York, because they couldn't, they were all doping and shit. Well, you know, uh, you know, back, you know, probably, you know, during the eighties and stuff, um, you know, they did position it more as a sport, even though I, I mean, come on, like eighty six to like nineteen eighty nineteen eighty six to like beyond i mean come on you, you look yeah. at wwf that shit was way t- cartoonish to be like you know real sport or like sporting mad event and stuff like you know they had yeah, good wrestlers yeah. you know that could go and wrestle real like you know like the um the brain busters you know arn and Tolly and stuff and you know mm-hmm. they had a lot of those kind of wrestlers in there but yeah there there's a little bit more uh show showmanship in the in the in the, yeah. in the f during that particular time, right. more than a Croc- Crockett can, can can get away with being more like athletic or more, you know, using the, you know, um, athletic commissions and all that stuff to to their advantage more than I think the F could have. For sure, I mean that's something that like I was going to mention, like WWF during this time. I mean they literally had a cartoon, like you know, like they had like a a Saturday morning cartoon that I remember watching. I mean not during this era, but like during the Hulkamania era, they did. And, um, you know, they were literally cartoons and, and Crockett, it, I mean, it, it may or may not be real, you know what I mean? Like, like a lot of this stuff looked like a real fight. Whereas, you know, I don't know how anybody could watch 1980s WWF and, and think that, oh yeah, this is is real. Yeah. I mean, mean? it was pretty much like, you know, during this 1981 era, I mean, you could probably watch it and be like, okay, this stuff looks a little bit more real, you know? Uh, like mm-hmm. it pretty much wasn't until they went full blowed MTV Hulk Hogan. That's when the shit looked kind of like okay, this is like some cartoon shit here. But it worked though. I mean, hey, if if that shit didn't happen, we would be watching the wrestling we're watching today. So it's definitely something. Let's just say the uh, the F survived one of its hardest competition ever, Dark Knight of the Scarecrows. True. I mean, mm-hmm. boy, what a battle! What a battle for yeah, that covered at eighteen to thirty four. Yeah. We could always watch wrestling next week, but we may never see Dark Knight of the Scarecrow again. That's true. So I guess you would you would have watched Dark Knight of the Scarecrow over oh, Jesse Ventura, over beating Johnny Ringo. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh-huh. They had VCRs back then. 19- they did, but only like only more wealthy people had them. I think uh-huh. in 1981. So I maybe would have taped one of the shows, but oh well. I probably wouldn't want to. I probably would have went with Dark Knight as well too. You know, you can only see that one time, so I'd be like, "Up, oh, sorry, sorry, Jesse." Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it were us, then you know, if we were like rolling in that, you know, retro blood money, then like we are now, we would have definitely had VCRs to be able to tape that. I would have dual recorded know, like, both right, of them. Ex- you would, yeah, exactly. You would have dual recorded <laughs> both of them. But like you know, back in back in the day, like you know, not not the average person probably didn't have a VCR in 1981. I would, I would say. 
Well, we might have caught we might have caught the uh, WWF rerun if they had one. Maybe, yeah. That's how Definitely drunk we if were. that show was rerun, I would. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would have that back then. Like, if there was a rerun for that, I would definitely watch the uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow and then watch the WWF on rerun for yeah. sure. If we didn't pass out from the drinking, of course. So, of course. <laughs> so you know, finding music was a little tough around this particular mm-hmm. date. Uh, we did talk about yeah. some bands that released some albums around this time. Uh, but I did find one band I thought was pretty interesting. So they did release an album in 1981. It didn't really tell me the exact date. But for historical purposes, I'm just going to pretend like it's this date, October 24th, 1981. Um, sure. Because this is a uh, it's an English heavy metal band formed by vocalist Dave Hill and guitarist Mel Spooner. And I'm talking about the band Demon. Hmm. Have you ever heard of Demon before? Not. No, I am not familiar with them at all. So you're, so I'm learning something new today. Yeah. So this band is this band is considered important to the new wave of British heavy metal. All right. Which I love. Yes. And to be honest, I think you would like this band, Allison. Um, so basically, their album uh, that came out in 1981. It's called Night of the Demon by Demon. Sounds great. Now, Night of the Demon, every time I hear that, I think of my favorite horror movie, which we'll be reviewing next year for Halloween. little hint there. Yep. Uh, yep. But this album is actually not... It's pretty good. Like, these guys are pretty talented. Like, the, they start off with their uh, their opening track, Full Moon. It's basically like you're walking to like a haunted house and stuff. It has all that creepy music going on and stuff. And their huge hit is the, the title track, Night of the Demon. Like really mm-hmm. good, like really like melody, a lot of good mel- uh, melody to it, um, a lot of good guitar riffs and stuff. The singer has a great voice. Um, it kind of has that like um, like nineteen eighty one like jam. Like we're not like thrash or nothing like that. You know what I mean? But it's kind of like that mm-hmm. jam rock. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So it's like like it's like uh, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. So yeah. it's kind of like the jam rock and stuff. But they have really good guitar solos. Really good riff. It's not necessarily hair band riffs and stuff, but it's like it's like you know that music that was like right before the hair band. So it's yeah, yeah. Like they had really good singing, really good vocals. Yeah, hard rock kind of. Yeah, it's basically like a really good like like ACDC. Yes, yes, very very similar to that. Mm. So you know when I hear some of these bands, um, we talked about this before. And we like you know when you watch around this particular era, like this particular part of the '80s, you know, there's certain traits that you you don't see later on, you know. Number one, when we talk about movies, we're talking about like the way they film them, a little bit way they act. They still have mm-hmm. some of that like '70s flair on them. You know what I mean? Like the the production, yes. The way people are acting a little bit, we still have some of that '70s like. We're not like all like grungy yet, you know. What I mean, we're not all like like just like fucking party and we're like it's a little bit more like artistic in a way. And I I would say the same thing for like this band. Like this band is like one of those bands where we're not hair metal yet. We're still like we still have like a little bit more artsy stuff. We're still a little more leveled. Like our riffs are not all the same. They're a little more like artistic riffs. Yeah, yeah. We don't have the hairspray yet. Yes. <laughs> We're getting there, brother, yeah, but not exactly. yet. We're getting there, but not quite there yet. Yeah, but this one has a lot of good tracks on it. Um I definitely definitely meant, you know, everybody check it out. You can find it on 
um, like Apple Music and stuff or whatever you nice. find your uh, music at. Um, like mm. I said, the title track is Nine of the Demons. Very good. We have Into the Nightmare. I like it already. Father of Time, mm. The Shizens, Liar, Big Love. And a lot of these songs are just like, to be honest, like right in the middle. Once we go to like Decisions and Foul Play the Hard Way uh, or Fool Play... Fool to play the hard hard way. Um, those are more so like you know, kind of like normal tracks. You know what I mean? Not not too much stuff, you know, with the riffs and stuff going on. But um, right. They're definitely a, a fun band uh, to check out. Uh, we'll probably be playing some of the the tracks after here, and maybe I'll play some uh, little extra stuff there on the uh, on the Facebook page. But um, like I said, they're more like one of those like kind of like more. We're not we're not necessarily hair metal yet. Uh, we might be transitioning to the hair metal uh, a little bit later on in our career, but for right now, uh, they are just a pretty good like like kind of like groovy rock band with a little bit more of a little bit more a little hint of some like horror movie themes to it. Uh, when when, I, when we talk about like Night of the Demons or Night of the Demon and into the into the nightmare, so. But uh, definitely some uh, band fun to check out. You know, if we were driving to the Trans Am, you know what I mean? I popped that A-track in that motherfucker or cassette player, whatever you want to call it. Or is there a way for me to put a vinyl player in in my Trans Am, Allison? Probably not. We have to get this on cassette. I just got me a brand new... I I can't hardwire my trunk. I have a feeling that the record would skip a lot if we uh if we if we put a turntable in the trunk. <laughs> Hit a little bump or something. <laughs> <laughs> so but like yeah, I said Yeah, and we had to stop and put the yeah. put the needle back on the record. You think it let me play a little bit of this this quick on the air or no? Let me see. Tell me if you hear this. Yeah, I think we should. Do you hear it? Alright. No. Do you hear anything? I don't hear it now. They don't hear you nothing? You can hear it if I play it, though. Oh, yeah? Nope. Hold on. I, you can hear it if I play it, though. Hold on. I'll, I'll play it on my, my end. What do you want me to play? Just pick a song you think you might like. I just want to get your live reaction of it. All right. Here we go. We're going to play a little bit of uh, Night of the Demon from Demon. How's that sound? Play it. It's got a great album cover. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It's kind of like it's kind of like that greedy thing. We're like we're like getting ready to party. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, buddy. Cruising down the Trans Am. I'm looking at Ti. See, yeah, see what the chorus sounds like. Yeah. what it sounds like oh yeah yeah good stuff huh oh yeah i love that dude like it's yeah pretty... that guy's a great singer and then, no it's the man of the demon i exactly. love that yeah so everybody check it out we might do that sometimes if we uh if we got we you know some we have to do that some we play little samples so everybody can kind of check it out and stuff so Definitely a fun band. Um, yeah, and I just That's found new. this band We've never done too. That before. Yeah, exactly. I need some something kind of neat. Maybe 
give a little test, you know, because sometimes we'll bring up some music that we want to, you know, talk to each other about. Might as well play a little track, a little sample track on the air just to see what, test it out, see what it's like. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's what we'd be rocking out in the Trans Am. So everybody check out Demon, Night of the Demons. So they're pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of pretty sweet, let's get into a little bit about Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Now, I didn't find like a whole lot of stuff about this, um, the making of this, but apparently this is a uh, obviously American, a made for television horror flick, like like we were talking about. And it was directed by veteran novelist Frank D. Felice. Have you ever heard yes. of Yes. I wanted to mention that. Go ahead. I have. So actually, he wrote the novelizations for that were that were made into movies that I like a lot. Um so one um a couple of my not I wouldn't say my favorite favorite movies, but two movies that I really like a lot are Audrey Rose and the Entity, and um, Audrey Rose's movie about um, this kid, or th- well, it's like these people who claim that these other people's ki- daughter is the reincarnation of their dead daughter. Um, and it's a really good movie about clairvoyance and psychic shit, and then also the Entity, which is one of my one of my favorite ish horror movies. It's in the top 50 for sure. Uh, it's got Barbara Hershey and it's supposedly based on a true story about this woman who li- who moved into this house in California. And she was like haunted by this, uh, like this entity they called it. It was like a ghost that would like terrorize her. And she was like raped by this ghost supposedly. And he wrote the book that that movie is based on. Um, but he didn't write this, which is weird. He directed it, but he did not write it. So I think that's odd, but um, but yeah. So that's what I know about Frank De Felita, or whatever, however you say his name, Felita, Felita. So it sounds like a Mexican dish. Huh, yes, or maybe it is. Uh, so maybe this, it is. Maybe so it is. this is also from a script by J.D. Fiegelson. Yep, I have uh, no idea who that is. Me either. But uh, according to our research, Fiegelson. <laughs> <laughs> he he intended to have to make this like an independent feature, you right. know, kind of like how Scarecrows was from our last review. You know, our boy Wesley he fucking made that shit into his you know independent film, and that's what uh, Fiegelson was trying to do. But it just so happened that CBS bought the rights to everything. Which I mean, to be honest, okay, think about this: you're an independent like filmmaker. And a big station, CBS buys your project. I mean, I'd be pretty stoked. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to be, right? Yeah. And it, I mean, that's just like giving away money. Yeah, if I you mean, don't take it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of. I could see where it could be like a catch twenty two, though. You know, so obviously, if you have a big corporation or a big TV station buy over your rights, you know, they are gonna give their suggestions. They're gonna give their changes, and you pretty much do it, or you shit ain't gonna be aired. You know, yeah. Unlike if you're doing your own feature film, you find producers that are wanting to back into it, and you can make your 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 vision more of your own. You know what I mean? So yeah, because uh, that's how any of that works, though, right? Yeah. So like you know, like you know, you're you're an independent filmmaker. So think about any of your movies, and and like you know, like what's the equivalent today? Like I don't know, FX or HBO uh, if Max. If any of my movies got shutter, picked, 
Oh, if any of my movies got picked up by FX, <laughs> it, it, that, if that shit went on 2B, I'd sell out so quick. I'd be like, fuck it, I don't give a, What do you guys want? You want some fucking, you want some mailman and his tidy, whitey, killing? Fine, well, add him in. I don't give a fuck. Give me yeah, the money. We'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> you want a fucking guy named give Bubba? Give me the money. Write the check. All right. How much make sure, you? Make sure the check uh, clears. Make sure it clears and you have your stupid Bubba, okay? I would sell out quick like our boy over here did. <laughs> but, you know, I, exactly. But, you know, you could see that, you know, you spend all that time thinking of the idea and coming up with it. And then you sell it to, you know, FX or whatever. And then they're like, this is FX is like, this is our movie. Or like Netflix does it a lot where they're yeah. like, this is a Netflix original. And like Netflix didn't make shit. They just bought this from somebody else. Yeah. You know, this was somebody else's idea. But, you know, you get the cash that check and you can. You know, you can pay the, you can pay your house bill, and you can pay for your car, and you can, you can make another movie. You can come up with another idea. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, until you start making like a name for yourself, you know, you better be taking. You know, I'm just, this is, this is what I, you know, I can't speak for everybody who does film. Like I said, like I don't do as much as I, I want to do because busy schedules and stuff. But it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, I get one to make your own idea. I get one to make your own vision, your own way of styling it. You know, your own way of editing yeah. it and everything but you know you're gonna need the cash flow and if you had to sell out one of your ideas to get that cash flow then fuck it i mean you gotta do what you gotta do you know you go out there you sell out to a couple you know station stuff they might change your vision around a little mm -hmm. bit you get the cash and then next thing you know you have enough cash to make your own film there you go exactly so. you know and then like we can uh we can talk about how they uh messed up our movie while we're sitting on a beach in mexico drinking some tequila yeah exactly so thinking up another movie to make we can be like um we could be like you know sam in this movie you know what i mean yeah. like at first i'm all confident drinking beer having a good time and the next thing i know fuck we killed some scarecrow and fucking uh mm. i'm gonna be a whiny bitch through the whole time now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to sell out quick. So I don't have to be the whiny bitch. I don't know if any of that made exactly. sense. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, does, it will later when we talk about the movie. But yeah, when I, if I was, you know, years ago, maybe I wouldn't have sold out. Now, I'd sell out in a second. Yeah, buddy. Speaking of selling out, let's get into the review of Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. <laughs> All right, so uh, we start off the movie pretty, uh, you know, we're starting off in a field. We see a little girl, and we see like a an older man hanging out in the field together. Um, obviously, the, they're just playing around with some flowers. We see some mountains in the background. Mm. Um, so, did you ever figure out where this was filmed at? Because it looked like there were some mountains uh, in the no, background. No. Where'd you have to guess? Colorado? Um, I don't know. No, it was actually filmed in California. Oh, okay. That's what they you know. Like most things. Um, 
Yeah, it was filmed like in uh, uh, in according to this, it was filmed right outside Ventura County, which is uh, in uh, Northern California. Nice. Well, Sorry, excuse me, not Northern Southern California. Yes. <laughs> We're not a geography show. We're yeah. not a geography. Yeah, come on, guys. So this is when we meet a character, Bubba. All right, mm-hmm. and then we make the character who. For half the movie, she was identified as, hey, that's the Williams kid. The Williams kid, yeah. But then we found out her... Go ahead. I was like, Bubba's played by Darkman. Yeah, I was going to say that. Like, this guy... Yeah, now, he, now he... I haven't... Okay, so I've heard of Darkman, but I actually have yeah. never seen those movies before. Oh, you will. We're going to do Darkman. Now, is he is he actually the actual Darkman, or is he like the villain? No, he's the villain. Okay, he's the villain in Dark Man. Okay. Yeah, Liam Neeson actually played Dark Man. Yes. Yeah, when I was doing my He's also he's also Dr. Giggles. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, this guy's actually played a lot of crazy roles and stuff. Um, yeah, he has. He's a good actor. Uh yeah, so you know, like I was saying before with the little girl, we we were only hearing her has the uh the Williams kid uh, throughout the whole movie until they actually identified her. And I'm trying to find. So, what's her name? Was it Mary Lou? Uh, it's something like that. Let me see. Let me look that up. I swear I heard everybody say Mary Lou, but the way that Otis says her name was like Mary Lou. Mary Lou. <laughs> I was like, Fine. Uh, it's it's Mary Mary Lee. Mary Lee. Okay. Yeah. So, bro, bro, this we'll get to him in a second. So basically, the. The big thing is Bubba, he is on the slow side. So he's a he's an adult, but he's a, a, a mentally slow adult. Alright? And yeah. he has he so basically he thinks he's a kid and he's hanging out with the Williams kid and they're doing like they're like this flower stuff. She's making one of those flower necklaces and she made Bubba mm-hmm. one and she was teaching him how to how, how to make the flower necklace and during this time we see like this male <laughs> male man <laughs> like spying on him right and i was like this guy like the fucking town watch or something it's like this postman he's like creeping yeah on him I, was, shit. I was gonna ask why is the bad guy a postman well you know we have a lot of bad guys you know we, we want to make this special Okay, you know, we have a lot of bad guys out there. You know, firemen could be bad guys. Uh, we have, like, so, mechanics, yeah. bad guys. You know, it's kind of like the 80s. It's kind of like when the WWF was in the 90s. Everybody needed a gimmick. <laughs> All right? So this... So, so he has the postman gimmick. Yeah, he has the postman gimmick. So Otis... Uh, <laughs> Hazel Rig. What a fucking last name. <laughs> His gimmick is he is a postman... But he's also a bad guy, and he's also, uh, I don't know so if he did. I don't know if he did any child molesting, but he's thinking about it. So that's his. It, yeah, he he definitely looks like a child molester to yes. me. Yes. So he goes. Um, he goes talk to his uh, cohort. All right, and this guy. So we have a, like a. It's a kind of like a small town. All right, and the small town. They're not. They don't. Um, they don't know what to think about Bubba because Bubba is an older man and he's hanging out with this younger woman. 
Right. So and the well, person she's not a woman. She's like a, kid. a little kid. Yeah, she's a little kid. Sorry. <laughs> so he's like he, seven or eight years old, probably. Yes. So he talks to this guy. Um, his name is uh, well, his last name is Bunch. All right, and he's going up to him, saying like, "Hey, uh, you know, Bubba's out, uh, hanging out with her again." He's like, "What? I thought we scared him away last time." He's like, and "It's kind of like a cockroach. He keeps coming back and everything." And then it's just yeah. like, well, I just don't understand. Like, I mean, we try to scare him away, and he just keeps coming back, and he keeps hanging out with that Williams kid. And then at first, like, then then Otis is like, ah, oh, I don't know, maybe we should just like leave him alone or something. And then Bunch is like, leave him alone? What the hell are you talking about? This is all your idea. You're the one that brought this to the forefront anyway. This kid and not ha- hanging out with her and stuff. We can't do that. And the postman says like, oh, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe we should end him. He's like, oh, wow, wait. that's dark. He's like, well, hold on, man. Like, <laughs> this bunch guy was like, hey, man, I might scare him and shit, but I'm not trying to do what you're trying to do. He's like, okay, well, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later, and we'll, we'll figure it out. But something we got, we got to get him away from this girl before he ca- calls, you know, uh, calls her harm. All right. Yeah, so, which is weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, why pretty, do they think that would happen? Well. Okay, so we can see now that Otis, the the mailman, he has it in for Bubba, and he is basically getting his wild up redneck buddies all wild up, thinking that this Bubba, this older man, is going to molest this girl, pretty much. Well, in fact, uh, Otis is probably just jealous because he wants to do that, which we'll find out later. Well, yeah, that, Right, because that's like a psychological thing, right? Like yes. you, everybody projects what they would do onto somebody else. So when somebody accuses you of of something, like when they say things like "you would probably do this," that's what they would do in that situation. That's like a classic psychological yes. thing. That's it's like a it's like a it's like a real thing. So yeah, so Otis is the uh, the real child molester. He's the real, he's the one that really wants to do that, and uh, uh, Bubba. Which of course his name is Bubba, right? Yeah, but Bubba. Yeah, it's duh. just a lovable, like mentally challenged guy. Yes. So now, um, Mary Lee and Bubba, they so Mary Lee wants to go uh, into this uh, yard and play around with the yard gnomes, but Bubba doesn't want to go in there. But she goes in there anyway. The the Mary Lee does, and she's like hanging out, pretending to drink some tea. Next thing we know, we see a dog. The dog gets all angry and shit, and he starts attacking. And then Bubba bursts in there like the fucking Hulk and tries to interrupt the dog biting up Mary Lee. So this is when we see um, some like older lady just like walking around and cleaning and stuff. And next thing we know, we hear a big knock at the door, knock at the door. She opens it. She sees Bubba holding Mary Lee. He's like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And then, of course, the girl screams. And he's like, Bubba didn't do it. He keeps saying he didn't deal it at all. Uh, so then after this, we have Bunch. He goes to he goes to Otis. So uh, they didn't really call him Otis. They only called him Otis once. All right. Should I call him? They go to, hey, Mr. Hazel Rig. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that name was so yeah. funny every time everybody said it. I don't know why. Hazel Rig. So, like, he's there, and he's like, hey. You know, Bubba, he, he some something happened. He's like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Bubba, he did it this time. He finally did it." He's like, "Oh, oh, he did." So they start they're starting to get themselves all riled up. They're like, "Oh yeah, we're all meeting by the uh, the courthouse." And he's like, 
He's like, okay, well, we're going to go grab a couple men and we're going to, we're not going to go by the courthouse. We're going to go get our guns and get our, get our dogs and we're going to find him on our own. That's what, that's what uh, Hazelbrig was saying. So he's basically getting his own lynch mob. He's getting that ready. So this is when he goes and gets them. Uh, he pretty much picks up the whole crew. All right. Yep. He picks up Sam. His name's Skeeter. <laughs> Skeeter. Is that the fat one? <laughs> like the fat one that was um, all he's like the gas station guy. <laughs> oh, that was Skeeter. I thought that was Sam. His name is Sam, but they, I think they call him Skeeter. His yeah. name is Skeeter. Skeeter Norris. Yeah, yeah, Skeeter Norris. All right, so now Otis, he's picking up his crew now with his, with his dogs. All right, so first he gets Skeeter, which is the fucking red hat guy, the mechanic. All right, we grab him. Yes. All right, and he's the one that has, I guess, the guns at his house and some of the dogs. Then we drive, drive over, all right, and we grab... um. I called him the fat guy, but uh, what was his name? Philby. Philby. Yeah, we got Philby. He mm-hmm. kind of runs like his own like mill, with, like like pigs and stuff, and they're all pretty much going out there to chase down Bubba. All right. So Bubba at this time he's running for like life, like going through like forests and stuff, or going through trees, going through grassland and stuff, uh, trying to get away from this uh, like lynch mob. And he knows that they're coming after him, and, and they, they they have guys, they have like uh, dogs now, to kind of like track down Bubba. But Bubba, he's 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 running pretty quick and getting getting away from them. Um, and then during this, he finally gets up to his house. All right, so Bubba knocks on his door and he talks to his mom, uh, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Ritter, and he's basically saying like, you know, Bubba didn't do it. Bubba didn't do it. She's like, well, what's going on? Well, what didn't you do and stuff? And like, he's like, oh, I didn't hurt her and stuff. And he's like, he's like, they're after, you know, he's he's trying to like explain like they're after me and stuff. And she's like, okay, well, we need to play a game and stuff. But let's play that game. Remember that game that you would like hide and seek? Let's play that. And was, okay, and then, uh, uh, Bubba's like, okay, okay, let's do that game. So he goes to hide, and eventually, Otis and his crew they all show up. All right. Um, he, you know, they have dogs and stuff. They're all barking while this is going on. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, the, uh, he's saying like, Hey, you know, we know, over, we know, we know Bubba's here. All right. And I don't want to play any games. I need him to come out. Where is he at? And then the mom's like, he's not here. All right. And didn't, you know. He he didn't hurt no girl. He would never hurt, you know, any any girl like that. He likes, you know, girl. And he's like, you know, what kind of man will be hanging out with the with the little girl? I mean, he's like thirty six years old. So they're kind of they're kind of giving their case where, you know, like why is this older man, you know, hanging out with this you know younger, you know, child. And Ritter's son is like, listen, like he might be a 36 year old man, but his brain thinks he's her age, you know? So he's not going to hurt this girl at all. You know, he's just mentally slow. He just, they both like each other. They both just want to hang out. They, they both have the same wavelength just because he's way older. And of course the mob's like, no, like we need him right now. I just, you know, we got to talk to him and stuff. And she's like, well, you're going to have to get out of here. You're on my property and stuff. All right. And if you want him, you got to go over, you know, my dead body. All right, and they argue, and then she basically, um, 
after that, the she argues with everything, and she just goes inside. She's like, screw you guys. And then this is when we hear some of the dogs are barking and stuff, just are barking around everywhere. And the the Otis's crew is kind of like looking around, and they're like, hey, okay, you know what? I think he's, I think Bubba's out there in the field, and we will catch him hit this time because we have dogs. No dogs. Dogs. That's how they said it. We got dogs. Dogs, yeah. brother. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, the guy I did want to mention the guy that played Harless. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been in a lot of things. He's a really good actor. Lane Smith. Um, he, yeah, Lane Smith. He always plays the redneck. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I thought I recognized he, him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've seen him in a lot of the things playing the redneck. He, if you've seen my cousin Vinny, he basically plays the same role in that movie as he did in this movie. Yeah. Except this is a more much more lighthearted move, but yeah, he always plays the redneck, like Lane Smith. He's a he's a great. Actor. That was wild. He was Coach Jack Riley in the Mighty Ducks. He was, yes, he was. Yeah, what a heel! I see. He plays the heel. Uh-huh. Yep, he plays the heel a lot. He was the heel in My Cousin Vinny too. Yeah. And Harless, he's the guy I was saying it was Hawker. That's his last name was Hawker. He was basically the guy mm-hmm. drinking uh, <laughs> during, <laughs> during yeah. the whole time. So they're all like, you know, since they have dogs, uh, they're going to be uh, uh, chasing down Bubba soon. So they're going through all the fields and stuff. And eventually they land at a square cut. <laughs> so this is a little weird. Okay. Yeah. So they're going through the field and eventually the dogs lead him, lead them to a scarecrow. All right. Mm-hmm. And then like, they're like, the dogs... This is just a little weird to me. So Bubba's idea was to hide himself in a scarecrow outfit and hang him and put himself on a crop. Like, how did he have time to even do this? I guess he had a little <laughs> bit of time. Right? <laughs> That's what I was wondering. Like, how did he hang him? How did he tie himself to the to the scarecrow cross? Yeah. So he's so Bubba's hiding through here, and, and the the dogs uh, found them. <laughs> And at first, they're like, oh, are these scarecrows? Like, no, the dogs wouldn't just bark if it was just scarecrows. And Otis goes up to him, and he, he kind of looks at it, and you, you can kind of see, like, you can see Bubba's eyes inside the scarecrow, which is pretty creepy. It's, like, nervous as hell. Like, it's like, you know, Bubba didn't do it. Bubba didn't do it stuff. And then you kind of, like, all the uh, all the, the, the mob, our crew over here, they all grab a bunch of guns, mm-hmm. and they're kind of, like, looking at him and stuff. And Bubba's, you know, saying, like, he didn't do it and stuff. And then next thing you know, they just, boom, they just shoot his ass. More than six yep. times, I would tell you. As, as I say, they shot him more than more than six times. Yes, but, we, find, uh, we actually yeah. found how many times they shot him. We'll, we'll find that out soon. So they shot his ass, you know, dead right there. Mm-hmm. And um, Hardis, he actually gets a radio on his truck. And radio's all like, hey, Hardis, you there? He's like, yeah, I'm here. He's like, oh, he's like, hey, man, the, the search is off. He's like, well, the search is off. Why? He's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just a misunderstanding. Like that, that girl, you know, like Wallace's kid. Yeah, she just uh, she got attacked by dogs and stuff, you know. And Bubba, he was actually there. He's actually like saved her life. Like he, luckily, he was there to help her. You know, of all people, Bubba, huh? That's kind of weird. And they're all looking like, oh shit. Uh oh. 
They're like, oh fuck! Like all their faces are like, oh fuck! Like, we we fucked up. We fucked up good. So like they're all just like staring at each other and like all like, oh shit! And then like Otis goes over there and he grabs like a pitchfork. He goes over to the scarecrow. He puts the pitchfork on the scarecrow, and we have this big gust of wind. They start looking at each other like all kind of nervous as well. Now we cut to the courtroom. This is when we meet. I guess the district attorney, Sam. Sam he's he's yeah. trying the basically the whole crew is on, on trial. You know, Otis, Harless, uh uh Skeaker, you know, all the all mm. the fucking people. They're all on they're all on trial over here for, for you know, killing Bubba. And yeah. their their defense attorney is trying to say like it was self defense, basically. And Sam's like, How the fuck was it self defense? Like the guy the guy was in a scarecrow thing and you shot him forty one times. Wow! Yeah, I was like, <laughs> so like, the, <laughs> just to be sure. <laughs> so like, okay, so this trial was weird. Okay, so the defense gimmick was they bring out a pitchfork and they drop it on the floor. They're like, listen, this motherfucker had a pitchfork, okay? And then like Sam's like, this they had a pitchfork. These motherfuckers had like five shotguns. That's like bringing a fucking, uh, uh, like bringing like a feather to a needle party or some shit like that. And then, of course, the judge guy was here. The fucking judge guy, Henry the judge, he was like, I don't know, man. That pitchfork looks kind of dangerous. (laughs) 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 What the fuck? So, like, there, so so the whole thing was Otis is on trial, right? And he's saying, like, like, listen, like, I, I warned him a bunch of times. We gave him warning shots. You know, I shot up in the air. I, I warned him at least five times. All right. And then he, he just wouldn't budge. So I had to shoot him. All right. And this, is when, times. And this is when Sam's like, you shot him 41 times. <laughs> All right. He's not human. I tell you, he's not human. He's not human. <laughs> and so, like, after all this goes on, the, the judge, Henry, he brings them both up. He's like, all right, Sam. He's like, he's like, guys, like, I know these guys. I know Otis. I know they're law abiding citizens. All right. Yeah. They they wouldn't do this for no for no reason and stuff. So I like like Sam, do you even have any evidence? Sam's like, oh, I mean like no. I was like, brother, you got evidence? Like fucking uh this guy, like he's tied to his sk- hello. All right. But like yeah. Sam didn't have any evidence, so I was like, Okay, without any evidence, how can I proceed? So then he goes, All right, these guys are free to go. All right? And then when that happens, the mom freaks out. She's like, what? What the hell is going on? You got shot my son 41 times? Trust me, I watched Halloween 1. That Michael Myers only went down with six shots. You shot this guy 41. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She's all like, listen, there's more than just the justice system that will go after you. Mm. So now she has started our plot of what's going to happen. All right. Um, so yeah, so they get out there and so this part, like, so they're all look, like, they all look like, you know, nervous looking at Mrs. Ritter when she leaves, but then they all like are happy when they leave the, the courtroom. They're all like laughing and smiling and everything. And Sam goes up to him. He's like, I guess you guys are really proud of yourself, aren't you? Shooting that kid, huh? It's like, if I find one bit of evidence, I can't wait to see you all on death row. And then, like during all this, like Otis, except yeah, the the law doesn't work that way. Like you can't be tried twice for the same crime. But 
it's a movie, so we'll continue on. Yeah, exactly. Well, Sam, he might have some. Uh, you know, we didn't we didn't really see what happened to his character later on. His character really didn't do a whole lot, but True. um, he only did some stuff yeah. at the beginning. I don't know. He kind of fizzled out, but um. So he, so you know, during this whole thing, uh, Otis looked at his watch, and Sam was like, "Come back!" I was like, "Oh, am I bothering you, Mrs. Hazel, Mister Hazel Rig?" And then Otis was like, "Oh, well, I mean, uh, no, but uh, I was just thinking, you know, the Grundy has fried chicken happening on Tuesdays, and everybody starts laughing. Ha ha ha! He said fried chicken. Ha ha ha." Fried chicken. Fried chicken. So now everybody's down there. Then we see a big shot of Harless. He's like, fried chicken. You told him fried chicken. Ha, 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 fried chicken. I was like, fuck, man. These people are crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so, they're all fucked up. Yeah, pretty much. It's the Dungun Cafe. And it's windy outside. So it's like, while they're eating their fried chicken in there, it's all windy and stuff. So this is when uh, we have um, we're back at the the Willis's house, and we have Frank mm-hmm. and uh, his wife, and they're talking about like they don't they don't really don't want to tell Mary Lee about what happened to Bubba, and they were they were kind of surprised of how what? close um, her and Bubba were. So Frank right. is just like, let's just not tell her. <laughs> And the mom's like, well, maybe yes, we should like tell her. But tell her. He's like, nah. He's like, Frank's like, okay, like we'll just not let tell her, not tell her, and we'll let it lie. That that must have been like a saying back in the day, like you know, let it lie, which means like yeah, you know, cover it, it up. Is. Like, I mean, yeah. Well, it means just like leave it alone is what that means. Yeah. Just let it lie. My so, grandmother used to say that a lot. Just let it lie. Just let it lie. Maybe we'll bring that back mm-hmm. on the retro blood. All right, let it lie, brother. We should have we should have T-shirts that say that. Just just let it lie. Let it lie. Uh, so the uh, Mary Lee's uh, uh, window's open. All right, and she thinks it's Bubba, so she goes outside to try to follow Bubba. Um, so she's she 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 also left her flower necklace too. Uh oh. So she runs all the way to Bubba's house. She's like walking around. She's like knocking yeah. on the window. She says, "Oli, oli, oxen free," for some reason. <laughs> you ever heard yeah. that? Did you ever used to say that as a kid? Oli, no, oli, oxen I, free. When I when I saw that, I was like, I think that's like a really, really, really antiquated thing that little kids used to say. Yeah. Like, I mean, even I don't even remember anything like that. But like, I think that was just like old people shit even then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she runs away like in the middle of the night to go find Bubba. Yeah. Um, but I was no, gonna ask. No I'm gonna ask this when it came up in the movie. But yeah, no fear. Um, why? Why does the mob think that Mary Lee is dead? Or maybe they just don't care, and they, it's just an excuse for them to kill Bubba for some reason. But like, like you know, she, I mean, okay, she gets mauled by the dog. Yeah. But why do they think she's dead? Well, because they were. To be honest, they were just looking for an excuse to kill Bubba. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like they heard, they heard that this, they heard that Mary Lee's in the hospital, and they just assumed that Bubba did it. And no matter if she's dead or not, we're gonna we're gonna get this guy because he's a menace. Because that's how our brains think. 
You know what I mean? We think this it's not natural for this 36-year-old to hang out with this kid, even though the guy's special. Like, you know, it's back in the day. Like these, these rednecks, they don't know anything about special needs people and stuff like that. But, you know, that doesn't freaking uh, work oh, in yeah, their world. Right. So. No. So so Mary Lee goes out the whole house. Um, and she just walks right in that fucking house, looks all over. And she eventually gets scared by uh, uh, the mom. And the, mom, the mm-hmm. riddle's like, the fuck you doing here <laughs> she, she she didn't say that she was a lot more nicer but that's what i would have said like who the fuck are you are you that frank's kid oh shit okay so she's like she she keeps asking where's bubba and everything and like the riddle's like oh you don't know what happened i was like fuck you got some bad parents like i gotta explain this shit so she's like like well bubba he he's just he's gone like he he's gone and he he's not he's not coming back she's like well i'll go find him like i'm good at finding stuff He's like, no. he's like, no, no, no. He's not here. Like, he's not coming back. She's like, oh, don't worry, but we'll find him. And it's like, oh, fuck, okay. Damn it, kid. Yeah. This is <laughs> this was a little bit heartbreaking. This was, like, too. Oh, we'll go find him. Yeah, like, so she's oh, like, shit. runs out, and and Riddle finds her and stuff, and she's like, walking through the whole field. The next thing she knows, she sees, you know, uh, Mary Lee, she's at the cross where Bubba's, I, I assume, I, I thought he got buried there, but I guess he didn't, because we go to his gravesite later, so there's just like this yeah, random no, he, cross. Yeah. I, I guess that's the cross where he died at. That's the only thing I could think yes. of. And she's saying yeah, like, so. she's like, oh, don't worry about it. Um, You know, um, I need to go. I need to find him and stuff to help him, uh, you know, finish up with his flowers and stuff. Um, You know, I know where he hides and stuff. And uh, she starts singing outside and stuff. And she's right by the cross. And, and she puts flowers on near the cross. And she's like, don't worry. Uh, Bubba, he ne- he never uh, uh, goes um, you know too far. He j- he just likes playing the hiding game. It's like oh boy, <laughs> oh boy. Mm. So um, now we see all the uh, the the crew that that killed Bubba. We're seeing what they're doing during their d- day jobs. So we have Otis over here delivering mail and looking at nudie magazines. Mm-hmm. Um, we have um, uh, a skeeker uh, getting <laughs> mechanics and getting all the stuff fucked up with mechanics. Uh, we see um, uh, uh, Philby. Philby. I can never remember this fat guy's name. Philby. Yeah. We've seen him playing with his pigs and his mill. Yeah. Pigs. Being a fat fuck. Yeah. yeah. And then we have Harless working on his um, farm. Uh, so we're seeing pretty much what everybody's doing during this time. Um, so this is when they're talking about, too, that the, 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 the church is going to be doing one of their annual Halloween parties coming up pretty soon. And this is what um, Harless's wife is, is telling Harless. Like, hey, you know, the church is going for the Halloween stuff and She's all talking about what she's going to be dressed up as and everything. And, you know, during all this holidays, he's just working on his uh, his farm equipment. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, stops and looks and stuff. And she's all like, hey, you know, this is kind of weird. Like, he's like, what's kind of weird? He's like, why, why are you asking stuff like that? Like, why are you asking, you know, what's weird out there? She's like, well, are you farming anything? He's like, of course I'm not farming anything right now. She's like, well, why do you got a scarecrow out there? And he's like, what? And he looks at the scarecrow. He's like, oh, shit. 
And so now Harless, he drives to the restaurant now. Like, I guess this local restaurant they all hung out at. Probably that same one where they got the fried chicken or whatever. And he meets yeah, up with... Fried chicken. He meets up with Skeeter. Right. Uh, uh, and he meets up with uh, Phyllis? Uh, the guy? Philby. Philby. I can never remember his name. Philby. Philby. Okay. Meets up with Skeeter and Philby. All right. And now he's telling like, hey, you guys playing some joke on me? I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? You guys put a scarecrow on my field. He's like, oh, we swear it wasn't us or nothing. He's like, wasn't you? Like, you know, what the hell's going on with this? All right. So after they, uh, the crew, they leave, they decide to go talk to Otis. And Otis is at the Bunch boarding house. And that's where he lives. And he's sitting in his uh, room, yeah. drinking, reading some guns and magazines and Somebody comes in like, hey, you got a visitor. He's like, what the hell? So he goes down and he sees the whole crew. You know, he sees them all. And he's all like, what are you guys doing here? He's like, we need to talk to you like right now. He's like, can it wait? He's like, no, it can't wait. We need to do it right now. He's like, well, I'm about to have dinner. <laughs> it's like, we got to see you right now. So they all head up there and stuff looking all creepy. Um, they all go into the room looking all worried and stuff. And Otis is like, I told none of you to ever come visit me here. All right? And they're just like, hey, you know, like Harris over here, he saw a scarecrow. Right? And he's like, what the hell? He's like, yeah, well, I saw the scarecrow with my own two eyes and stuff. Like, and, and like, it wasn't, it wasn't either one of them. Yeah, he's like, yeah, we were told you we were joking and stuff, but it's not, it wasn't us all. So somebody knows, somebody knows what we did. And he's not like... You guys just don't get it, huh? He's like, what are you talking about? Of course, man. It's that Sam guy. He's trying to plant that scarecrow over here to trick all of us. All right? So I need you guys to go home and just keep your mouth shut. And by the way, don't ever come here again. <laughs> I was like, which, okay. Which this whole thing's weird, right? Like yeah. if they're so in... Innocent. Like, why does he? Why does it not? Why does it bother him that they're seen together? Like, I think this whole scene's really odd. Yeah, it is kind of odd. Like, I mean, they 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 were at the whole fucking chicken place, eating, drinking together. Like, I don't get it. I don't know. Like, maybe he doesn't right, yeah, want to know that really he's weird. he doesn't want to know that he's at some boarding house or something. Like, I don't no, know. I don't think that's it. I think he doesn't want to be seen with them. It's not like with them seeing him, but yeah. it is weird that he's a postman and he lives in a boarding house, but still. Yeah. So, Harless is over there. This is nighttime now. He's he, he's driving back up to his house after he got shot down by their leader, Otis. He's drinking out his, he's drinking while driving stuff at his house, coming home. He goes over. He goes over to like the where the scarecrow was and he knocks it down. Alright? He's like, fuck it, it ain't gonna get me. And then he hears like like an engine go on in his barn. He's like, what the hell? He's like he's like, Sam's messing with me. <laughs> so he goes up to the barn and stuff, and of course he grabs one of the most deadliest weapons in horror movie history, the Russian yep. sickle. <laughs> no. Well yes. Yeah, he drove it. He, he, he grabbed a sickle. We don't know if it's Russian, though. I don't know, man. It might be. 
It's kind of like I think all sickles now are the Russian. They're all they're all going to be the they, Russian yeah, sickle now. They're all of the Russian yeah. variety. So he is like <laughs> he's like going all around this barn stuff, you know, calling out Sam because that's what he thinks it is. And uh, next thing he goes up, he goes up on like with the top part of the barn, and then his little like shredder machine turns on. He's like, "What the fuck?" And then eventually he gets scared and he falls into the shredder. Mm. You know, that's how actually her, that's actually how Shredder was born, you know, from Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah? Or is it a gas, or I don't know if it was a Shredder. I think it might have been like a gas, a gas, a, a trash <laughs> compactor. It was one of the two. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh. So while this is happening, we see some ketchup on the plate, and it's the next morning. <laughs> All right. And Otis is now having breakfast with like his like old friends or old people. Or housemates. I really don't know why these people were here, but there was one old guy who was like, <laughs> "This had to be like a joke or something." This old guy's like, "You guys hear those sirens last night?" He's like, "I heard them. Uh, they were at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning on the dot. I never. I always hear them at that time. All right. They they went up to the old barn stuff. I know that because I was there. I heard it. Like this guy was like giving every little detail of what ha- just happened because <laughs> he heard it." Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, because he was just basically saying, I go out every morning. All right. I mm-hmm. go to the same place every morning. You know how old people describe everything they do, like all their routines. Right. This guy was just doing his, talking about his old routine and everything. All right. And he just basically said he heard a bunch of sirens last night and he saw them drag out a body from that own barn over there. And then now Otis looks, look, looking worried because Harris is now dead. So, um, now they're back. Now that the, they're Otis and stuff, they're taking. Um, Otis now shows up to the. Uh, so Otis shows up and they can see like um, Sam. So Otis shows up to Harris's house. Like he drives by it, and he can see Sam taking um, Harris's wife into the his police car and stuff to you know drive drive her away. So now Otis kind of thinks it's Sam, kind of like setting them all up pretty much. So Otis goes back and he goes to the. They all meet at the the post office. All right. That is their danger layer is the post office. All right. Yes. He meets up with the the rest of them, Skeet, Skeeter and all. And he's mm-hmm. like, they're all like going over like what happened to Harris and stuff. And, you know, Otis just thinks it's an accident. Like, hey, like, I'm pretty sure it was just an accident and stuff. And, you know, Skeeter, he's the one. I was like, okay, I bet it's like, what about the scarecrow that he saw? What about all these scarecrows? It's like, there was no scarecrow. All right. It was just an accident. All right. And then they're like saying like, well, okay, well, how did the shredder turn on then? And they're like, it's like, I don't know. Maybe it just came on it by itself. It's like, mm. well, then who turned it off? And they're all like, oh, shit. It's like, oh, shit. Let's go check. It didn't run out of gas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They have to go check first. Yeah. Yeah. So they're thinking like, okay, maybe it ran out of gas. That's what you're Yeah. So now they go to yeah. the barn. They go all the way in there. And um, Otis checks the gas. And it's like, oh, shit, it's almost full. <laughs> and they're like, damn it. So then, so their broad idea was, so you're telling me the person who turned it off also turned it on too? Yes, of course. So now, course. Um, so they're just like, okay, well, you know, we got a little problem on our hands here. So now... Um, so now Otis is 
he's he's going near the uh, the Will- the um William's house, all right, and he sees Mary Mary Lou over there. Uh, like he's like delivering mail, I guess, to them, and then she like runs away from him and stuff. And we can see like there's like a little tension between the two of them, which is getting kind of weird. Um, so Odor shows up at the uh, Mrs. Riddle's house now. All right, says he has a package for her to sign, and she doesn't want to talk to him at all. But he enforces that he needs a signature and stuff. So basically, he's kind of like threatening her a little bit by by delivering her a package. He's like an evil. Uh, a male man driver now threatening young uh, old innocent ladies with packages um and then they kept going on saying like weird stuff she's all like you know like i don't want to have to do anything with you because you know you basically could kill my son and it's like it's like you know what's happening to you or what happened to that harris guy is an eye for an eye and he's like a tooth for a tooth and she's like a body for a body Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, this keeps going on for a minute. Yeah, they <laughs> I thought kept, this was a little bit too long. They were going like, like a, a, a foot for a foot. Like, yeah, oh, they're like coming back and forth. Like, they're just trying to find everything. <laughs> you know, a beer for a root yeah. beer. Huh? <laughs> huh? Come on. All right, and then she's like saying like, you know, she's like, did Rizzo just say saying like, hey, you know. I know how you are. I know how you really are. And I see you. I seen you look at that that girl, that that Williams girl. I need you to stay away from her too. All right. And this is a small town, and everyone talks. Uh oh. So then we cut to um. Philby, and he is taking care of his uh his pigs or his, his whole like his whole mill, and stuff on there too. And he's looking around, and he hears a bunch of, you know, stuff from the pigs and stuff. And he eventually looks around, and he, boom, he, he sees the scarecrow really quick, and he falls right down. He's like, oh, shit, the scarecrow is now up to me, too. And then he goes right up to the scarecrow, and he, like, sits down in front of it. He's like, oh, shit. So now we're at the Halloween party, you know, that one that uh, Harris's wife was talking about. Uh, yeah. Mary Lou and her friends... They're playing hide and seek. Alright, so that's that's the big thing. So she's the one that's got to, you know, I guess she's the one playing it. She has to go find them all. And before she right. can, the creeper, Otis, creeps up to her. Alright. And she's talking to her and stuff. It's like, hey, you know, hey, what's going on? My name is, you know, Otis. I'm the mailman. Everybody loves the mailman. <laughs> um mm. Yeah, and so he's like talking to her and stuff. And it sounds like shit a child molester would say. Yes, pretty much. And she just wants to know, like, hey, you know, I, I noticed that you've been uh, hanging out with uh, with Riddle and stuff like that. You know, wh- wh- what has she been saying? What has she been saying to you? And she's like, I, and basically the mayor, that she just re- almost refuses to talk to him. All right? And then she's like, I think you guys are trying to play a joke on me or tra- play a joke on all of us. And he's like, hey, you know, don't worry about that. You could tell me. You could tell me what the what the secret of the joke is. You know, I won't hurt you at all. So just being like super creepy. Mm. And he's all like, you can just whisper it in my ear. And then she's like, she goes up to him and is like, I know you hurt Bubba. And he's like, what? Ooh. What the fuck? And he's like, how did you, wait, how do you know that? He's like, he told me. He told me that you did it. 
And he's like, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Bubba. It was like Mrs. Riddle. She told you what, what, you know, what's going on. And that's a lie. Yeah. Then he's all like, it wasn't, it wasn't Bubba. I said that Bubba is dead. All right. Mrs. Riddle's the one that's been telling you all these lies and stuff. And then like she, and then after she, and after he, he told her all that, she like runs away and he tries to run after her. And then he gets stopped by a cop. And the cop is like, hey man, the party's in there. So, a little weird. So now Otis goes to the party and he starts drinking. And at first, the guy who's serving a drink is like, oh, okay, hey, what's going on, Otis and stuff? And here, have a little bit of this. I know you don't like the alcohol one. And then like the guy goes away, he pours it out, and he grabs the, he grabs the alcohol one. So pretty much, Otis Hazelbrig is a liar. Or Hazelrig, he's a liar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he has the whole town. And probably kind of a pedophile. Fooled. Yeah, and probably a pedophile too, yeah. So now, um, uh, Philby, he goes up to the crew and be like, listen, guys, I saw it. The scarecrow is, is here. It's near my, it's near my, my mill. All right, we have to go out there. So they all go out there now. They all meet him up and go out there. And it's not there. He's like, it was right here. I swear it was right here. It's like, I'm not crazy. And then, like, Otis and all them was like, Ooh, let's get out of here, man. Someone will see us and stuff and, and wonder, you know, why we're out here and stuff like that. <laughs> you think? Like, yeah. And then, like, damn it, you know, let, let's get out of here and stuff. Like, somebody's going to see us and maybe we should go to the cops and stuff. And they, they're basically all, like, are arguing with each other out in this field. You know, they're basically saying, like, mm-hmm. hey, maybe we should go to the cops, like, the, you know. And Otis is like, you guys want to go to the cops and tell them somebody's after us or some scarecrow? You know, we're going to spend the, life, the rest of yeah. our lives in prison because some of the yeah, crew just went, murdered this guy. Yeah. So some of the crew thinks like it's either they a lot of them are thinking like the scarecrow is like the the essence of Bubba trying to kill him, which it turns out to be. Uh, and then Otis is like, no, there's just somebody trying to play like a joke on us or or it's Mrs. Ritter or Sam trying to like scare us to, to, to confess about what we did. We got to be strong. Yeah, because doesn't one of them say like talk about. Mary Lee and say she still sees him. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, talking about Bubba, like yeah. she, like saying she still sees Bubba. Yeah, she, yeah, she's acting like she still sees him, but Otis doesn't, you know, believe that. He, he thinks he right. thinks it's just Riddle telling telling her stuff in her head. Right. All right, and then he's basically just saying like Otis is like, listen, everybody, we all have to do something, or I will. Oh, okay. Mm. And he does. Yeah, and actually he does. So he goes to Mrs. Riddle's house, and she's like just sitting there at her house and everything. He goes up behind her and grabs her while she's in her little chair at her house. And, and he's like, stop it. I know it's you. An eye for an eye. All right? And, and then, uh, and like, listen, you're scaring those men out there. Stop doing what you're doing or else. He's like, I'm not going to hurt you. All right? I'm not going to hurt you, and I'm going to let go. No tricks. I promise no tricks. All right, and then she's like, and he's like saying, "There's no reason for you and I to go at it." All right, and then she just has a heart attack and dies. And I was like, oh, "Yeah, what shit. a son of a bitch!" Yeah, I was like, "Oh shit!" So it was like, "Yeah." So Otis, we're we're seeing that the true enemy in this is the evil mailman Otis Hazelrig. So he freaks out and stuff, and he's like falling down on everything and pushing all the stuff over and stuff. He freaks out. And then he turns, and then he goes, and he, he turns, goes away. And then um, he goes by the uh, the gas because the the tea part kind of freaks him out. 
and mm-hmm. he turns on the gas of the house and he basically lights it on fire and blows it all up. So, so now Mary she's picking flowers. This is the next morning. She's picking flowers and everything, and she's going by the Bubba's house, and she knows that the house is all burnt up and stuff. And she sees the cops around there looking, and they're kind of like talking, like, "Yeah, we see these gas leaks happen. These old houses kind of do that sometimes." So they all think it's like a gas leak. Uh, but Sam's there too. He's trying to see that if there's any evidence of it being, you know, a murder compared to like just some accident of a gas link. Right. So, Philby, they're all like at their jobs and they're all like looking very nervous. All right. Like, okay, something's, something's not right here. And they're just, you know, just kind of just nervous. Um, so now we're at the, uh, the, this is like night, a little bit of nighttime and Philby's at his farm. All right. And here's a bunch of noises. It's this pig and shit. All right. So he's like looking around and he hears like this noise of the chain. He's like, oh shit. So he runs to like this like mill. And so this mill, like, I, I don't sure if it's grain or, or, or if it's corn pops that he's making. <laughs> Doesn't it look like corn pops to you? Yeah, he makes corn yeah, pops. It does look, it? Yeah, now that you mentioned it, it does look like corn pops. It could be either. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's a corn pop factory. Yeah. I mean, why not? We got they gotta be made somewhere. Why All not? Right? They gotta be made exactly. They gotta come from somewhere, yeah. right? So Philby, he got self scared by the chains, like puts the chain up, it's like, oh no big deal. So he walks back and he sees somebody go inside his little office and he's like freaks out. It's like, oh fuck. So he goes back in his car. He almost has a heart attack because he's so fat. So he takes some like random pills. I'm not even sure what they did. And then he got, <laughs> then he gets out of the car and he looks at the trunk. He doesn't see anything there. And he looks over and he sees something in the way and it freaks him out. So he runs and he hides inside the um, mill container. Yes, which is the most logical place to hide. Yes. So he goes in there and locks himself in. And then he doesn't hear any more noises. And he's like, okay, well, I'll just let myself out. No problem. Forgetting this is a horror movie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and shit don't happen that yes. way. Yes. And then the machine turns on, and we have our first ever, ever die by corn pops kill. <laughs> first and time on the retro blood. First time on Not the retro blood. Now, was it really grain? What the fuck was this shit? Grain? Yeah, I think it's grain. I think it's like a grain silo. Yeah. Looks like corn pops to me. Death by corn pops from our boy, <laughs> Philippi. So, not a, this, scene, this scene wasn't too bad. You know, just kind of, you could tell what was going to happen during the whole time, but it, it was not too bad. Of course. Of course. Yeah. But it is pretty creepy, though. Like the, all these scenes of like, you know, like there's less scarecrow in this than I thought there would be. Yeah, not like the other movies. Scarecrows are all around. The scarecrow, <laughs> but you know, um, but it is kind of creepy how like you can't really like it's 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 like a ghost story. Like yeah. you can't really tell what's happening. Well, at this it's point. also Just, like you can't tell if it is Sam, you know, doing right, all this yeah. stuff to him, or if it is Mary Lee. Somehow she uh, she inherited like you know uh, fucking uh, uh, Kevin. Uh, you know, what's it, Kevin McAllister? She she inherited some of his traits of torturing all these guys, uh-huh. <laughs> right? So right, exactly. So we're at the gas station where Skeeker works, mm-hmm. all right? 
And apparently one of his signs says, we leave our, we leave all our money in a keyless safe. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like, is to avoid armed robbery or something like that. Is there, is there a huge yeah. like problem with armed robbery in this tiny little town? I guess. So like, to make it go faster, we leave all our money in a keyless safe. I was like, all right. Sounds yeah, good. I guess so. So Otis arrives and he is pissed or no, he's semi worried. And he pulls out Skeeker. Skeeker's like, what the hell's going on? I was like, Skeeker's like, don't tell me. He's like, yeah. He's like, Philip. Yeah. He's like, no, no. So, and then like, Skeeker, he freaks out so much that it was kind of hard to write notes of what he was saying. Okay? I don't know if you were able to. Did you even hear what this motherfucker was halfway saying? So uh, I, Well, I, I, didn't, I understood very little. Yes. The, the stuff I got out of it was Skeeker is saying, like, I don't want to be a part of this. Um, like, I, you know, like, I don't want this to happen. Like, just, you know, he doesn't want to be a part of any of this anymore. Like, he, he's pretty much, like, you know, pissing out, basically. And Otis is saying, like, hey, you know, we got, we got to do something like this. And I think I know what it is. I think it's that, that Williams kid. And then, and then Skeeker's like, well, you're confusing me so much. Is it Bubba or is it the Williams kid? I'm just so confused about all this stuff, man. You're making it so confusing. And it's all like, wow. he's like, listen, it's not Bubba. I swear it's not Williams kid. I, I know it is. And I can prove it to you. And so the way that Otis is going to prove it to Skeeker is... Bearing, you know, un unburying Bubba's body in the grave. Yeah, they're gonna dig up Bubba's grave, yeah. which is the most logical course of action. Yes, and that's what they do. They uh, dig up Bubba's grave, and mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Otis is like, "All right, you should open that grave and tell me what you see in there." Skeeter's like, "Okay, I promise." And Skeeter's like, "All right, well, if Bubba's not in here, that must mean his essence." is getting us. Thank you. Thank you, Skeeter. So he opens up the coffin, freaks out. Oh, shit, what the fuck? Ah, freaks out, gets out of there. Check this out, though. This scene, this is actually my favorite scene in the whole movie. Okay? It is pretty cool. So Skeeter, he freaks out after he sees the uh, mm -hmm. the body in there. What, what, what we assume is Bubba because we didn't see the body. So he freaks out, runs out of the grave, right? And he's like running in the graveyard and I don't know where this came from, but fucking Otis, he became like an Olympic athlete. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so Skeeker, he's running, and Otis is a fucking, you know, Otis is kind of a bigger man, a bigger, older guy. This yeah. motherfucker runs and leaps and tackles his ass. <laughs> I couldn't believe it yeah. with my own eyes. I was like, oh, shit. And he starts beating his ass. Motherfucker, what did you see in there? You told me you were going to tell me what you see. And then fucking Skeeter's just freaking out. I can barely hear what he says half the time. I guess he was saying, like, he's in there. He's in there. And, like, I don't want this to happen anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. Let's just leave. Let's leave town. That's what he's saying. He's like, I was like, we can't leave town. They'll look suspicious and stuff. Like, I was trying to, like, capture what they were saying where they're, like, yelling at each other the whole time. Um, Yeah. Otis basically tells Skeeter that he'll do whatever Skeeter decides to do. Well, yeah, like, um, so, you know, after they Which get... Which means he's lying. Yeah, so he gets back up and he tries to, like, calm down uh, Skeeter. He's mm -hmm. all like, hey, you know, because Skeeter, he basically wants to go to the cops. He's like, yo, we need to go to the cops right now. We need to tell them there's some maniac or something trying to kill us all, all right? And it might be the ghost of Bubba killing us all, all right? Or somebody's mm -hmm. killing us all. 
And that's why this is when Otis tries to calm him down. Like, yeah, you got it. We'll go to the cop after this and stuff. But hey, before we do that, you know, because, you know, we're innocent. I mean, there's a body over there. You know what I mean? So there's some crazy maniac killing us off. All right. And we should be fine because, you know, there's 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 a, there's clearly a body right there. But we need to cover up that body, you know, so we don't get in trouble for undigging this grave. Skeeter's kind of agrees to it. So then I was like, hey, you know, can you start digging up the grave in there? And then Skeeter starts freaking out. He started talking about some like family member that he had in Arkansas and how great Arkansas was during the summertime. <laughs> and I was just like, this fucking crazy ass. So he grabs a shovel and just whacks his head. Yeah. And there goes our, and there goes our Skeeter. And then Otis is like, oh shit, now I gotta fucking put all those dirt on there. And that's what he does. He puts all the dirt on there, gets back into his car, tired of shit, drinks a little beer or a little whiskey. And I like it how I like it how he he just drives the mail truck everywhere. You know, company vehicles, he just drives it everywhere. Oh, a, yeah, it's like a free car, right? You can mm-hmm. just drive the mail truck everywhere you go. Exactly. So he's driving drunk in his fucking mail truck. Just this guy is swerving on these roads like no other. All right. Swerving, 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 swerving. Next thing you know, Mary Lee's there out of nowhere. He's like, oh, fuck, Mary Lee's and shit. And he fucking like goes down like a little bit of a hill or a cliff. And then he like swerves up some more and he hits a tree. And there's like one of the most anticlimactic hitting of a tree I've ever saw. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. So he hits it. He gets out. And then he sees Mary Lee from the distance. And then like the way he says her name. Marilyn, 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 get over here. So he's like chasing her out through the whole fucking forest and shit. Or like the, the field, like this pumpkin field. He's basically chasing her through. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot to mention one, one, one other thing. So like, you know how this is like a made for TV movie thing? We can't have a lot of blood. So to show right. that Otis killed uh, uh, Skeeter, we had to show that the shovel had Skeeter's red hat on it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That shit was funny as hell. I was like, we don't, we don't, we don't have blood on this. We have Skeeter's red hat, huh? Come on, guys. Yeah, that's how we know he killed Skeeter. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so you know, during when uh, uh, when Otis is chasing Mary Lee, she hides in like a tractor, and and then. Fucking uh, Otis comes up behind her, found you and shit, grabs her and everything. All right, and she she starts screaming, freaking, boy, I, I thought my soundbar was gonna break my windows. That's how much she was screaming. <laughs> ah, fucking girls! Oh my god, I couldn't even hear out the shit she was, was saying. Loud. Yeah. The next thing I know, like this, the the tractor just turns on. All right, and I was like, oh fuck, this movie's from Transformers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. I was yeah. like, yes. The Autobots are here, brother. All right. And then she she just runs away. Mary Lee just runs away. And then fucking like, Otis like, is that you, Skeeter? Or is that you, Sam? I think he said Sam. Is that you, Sam? It's like, I know you're coming for me, man. All right. Mm -hmm. It's like, I knew it it was you and her this whole time. I knew it. All right. And then the tractor starts going on. I was like, Sam, Sam. No, 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 no. And he starts like running away from the tractor and stuff. And the tractor, you just see a bunch of scenes of it, like, smashing pumpkins and everything. 
and eventually it's it uh it runs Otis all the way to the scarecrow, the exact scarecrow that they killed Bubba in. And yep. Otis gets stabbed by a pitchfork. Alright? And he falls down. Yep. And there goes Otis. Just like the pitchfork that they framed Bubba with. Exactly. And we see after this we see Mary Lou. Just or Mayor Lee just hanging out and stuff, just uh hanging by the pumpkins. We hear a couple of footsteps. And then we see the scarecrow. It's like, oh, it's you, Bubba. Scarecrow gives her I guess it's scarecrow Bubba now. He gives her a little flower. Mm. And she's like, Oh. Well now that I uh, uh taught you some of this uh, uh flowers and stuff, now I'll teach you how to use now I'll teach you the a new game called the uh uh the chase game. And then they end the movie. Yeah. So it had a cool ending. Yeah. For sure. And then the, the actual scarecrow outfit was actually pretty cool looking. I thought it was pretty it creepy. It looked awesome. Yeah. Like with the the eye holes and the mouth hole, like it looked it looked scary. Yeah, it was great. So uh a couple things one thing we didn't talk about though. So apparently this film actually has a sequel. No to, way. Yeah. It's not in the eighties though, unfortunately. It's like nineteen ninety five. It's called Night of the Scarecrow. Hmm. So maybe one day for the uh lights out we might have to do that one. Um, maybe I did not know that yeah Night of the Scarecrow so everybody check it out uh, but yeah everybody that has been a Dark Night of the Scarecrow not, not a bad movie I would say you know it's not like gore-tastic or some sort of, sort of super convoluted plot but I thought it was a pretty interesting uh, movie you know they had some yeah. funny characters in there I yeah. thought it was very interesting having an evil mailman yeah, that was weird. Like, like you know, he could have been the sheriff or something, and yeah. that would explain how he got off, you know, and then didn't get convicted. But, but he's the evil mailman. Um, this was kind of the. I'm pretty sure this movie's historic in that it's like the first uh, evil scarecrow movie or uh, you know killer scarecrow movie. I don't. I don't think that was ever done before. Oh, wow. That's before nice. this. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, I didn't. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I didn't. I didn't fully research that, but I'm pretty sure this is the first Killer Scarecrow movie ever made. Wow. Hey, I mean, hey, for one, it's pretty good. You know, it had a lot of good elements to it. it like, had a re- revenge plot to it. Uh, we got a lot mm-hmm. of creeping around. We didn't really know who the killer was, so we have kind of like a mystery angle going on here. Uh, we have some pretty mm-hmm. uh, despised um, villains, as in like Otis, the mailman, and you know, Harris and stuff, yeah. just being some. Guys are like getting off scotch free because of their privilege and shit, hunting them down. So yeah. you know, this had a really good like basic storyline to it. Um, so I thought it was actually you know a pretty decent movie for being like a made for TV movie. You know, like I said, not a whole yeah. lot on the gore, but I thought you know if you're watching this as like a little kid or something, or if you're watching this you know just to have fun, it's not a bad movie. I would say, yeah, it's, it's pretty scary. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not the scariest thing I've ever seen, but. It's decently scary. It's yeah. creepy. And I thought it had a pretty fun uh, storyline to it. You know, pretty easy to follow. Um, acting was pretty good in the movie as well, too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this one definitely is a, is a pretty fun one. Um, so, you know, if you're uh, if you're uh, out there in the cornfield or whatever, you know, see some scarecrows and shit, you know, keep this one in mind, I would say. Yeah. Okay. 
so yeah, not a, not a uh, not a bad flick there. So everybody, that has been Retro Blood, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Everybody check it out. Very fun movie. Hope you enjoyed this review. And join us here for the final review of talking about cornfields and scarecrows. We finished it off by talking about the farmers who actually do that. They actually plow the fields and make the scarecrows. Where we're talking about a certain uh, type of farmers. The, 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 deadly, the deadly ones. The ones with yes. secrets. Because we're talking all it's about Wes Craven's time. Deadly Blessings. Oh, yeah. Very, very interesting movie um, that this one is. It's kind of like right in the middle of uh, Russ Craven's career. You know, right before he hit it big off with Nightmare on Elm Street. And right after he'd done uh, Last House on the Left as well, too. So, very, very interesting uh, movie we're going to be talking about here. Next week on the Retro Blood, finishing up our months-long review of Cornfields and Scarecrows. So uh should be very, very entertaining when it comes to that. Um, and then we're going to be, and then also to everybody, uh, dropping on Thanksgiving. Me and Allison are going to be, uh, uh, well, it's a, one we did last year, talking all about Blood Rage. So for you that missed it last year, I'll be dropping that on the Facebook, dropping off all the platforms and stuff. So check it out. Very fun review that me and Allison did last year on Blood Rage. The Probably the... The best Thanksgiving horror movie ever, I would say. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> absolutely the best Thanksgiving horror movie ever. Yes. So at least it won that reward. You know what I mean? It's and not then, cranberry sauce. Yes, it's not the cranberry sauce, brothers. <laughs> and we also do a really good discussion of the Starcades on there as well, too. So very fun episode. And, of course, um, next week we'll also announce the first review we're going to do for our Christmas horror season, a.k.a. my favorite season of the whole year when it comes to... Uh, Horror movies, so that should be very fun. I say we play some Demon from Night of the Demon. This is Liar. Do it. Yeah, just like our boy uh, Otis was lying to everybody in the town. Tell him how great he was, even though he's some sort of weird mailman, killer, stalker, pedophile. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> I mean, move over, fucking Michael Myers and Jake. We don't need you, boy. We have Otis. Nope. Okay. Yeah, we got Otis, the uh, pedophile mailman. Yeah. I mean, come on now. Is there a more iconic character than Hazelrig? Mm-hmm. I don't know why there's not Otis Hazelrig t-shirts. Exactly. Maybe we'll make I some. I can figure. But yeah, we should make some. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll check it here next week on the Retro Blade. See ya.